Free advice, free advice, would you like some free advice, free advice, free advice forever? Welcome back, everybody. Uh, here we are. Here you That's are. Right. We're all here together. On uh, episode uh. number 28. 28. Wow. Wow. Look at us. 28 we're, episodes. We're, what we're, a milestone. We've done a full moon cycle of episodes. <laughs> we're having our first period of yes, the show. Yes. We are bleeding all over the place. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I had the heaviest fucking period of all yeah, time last week. first one. Week. Your first ever. Yeah, my first ever period wow. at 29. Congratulations, I'm a really you're late a woman bloomer. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. It feels great. Um, lots of problems right out of the gate. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I mean, things are great. Things are great, but I'm stressing. I'm stressing. How are you doing? I also have stress. Um, my therapist suggested I meditate three times a day now instead of wow. once a day. And so I've been doing that. I've been doing three times, once in the morning, one time in the middle of the day, yeah. once before bed. Um, How's that going? It's hard for me to do a full 10 minutes before bed. So I've shortened that one to five because a lot of times I'm going to sleep so late that it's like I'm nodding off in the meditation. Yeah. And uh, it's good to know that. Um, yeah. But it, it's been good. Uh, I think it's oh, been really yeah. valuable. I realize that that's time... I'm actually saving time by doing this because that is time that I would have been scrolling through Facebook on my phone or just tapping around various text messages, doing things that I don't really care about, but I'm like dissociating from my feelings through my phone or some other mindless activity, like flipping through a book or whatever that I'm not really actively reading. And so I am saving time by giving myself this moment of observation and just do nothing and just watch what happens in my head. Yeah, because it's like putting an abrupt stop to something that would be running low yeah. on the back burner through all your other activities and kind right. of slowing you down and taking up RAM. That's exactly yeah. how I'm thinking about it as a computer. Yeah. It's like, okay, three times a day I close all my tabs and all of my windows that are open. Oh, and then I have, delightful. whenever I open a new program, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's running fast again. Okay, I don't yeah. have... Logic running in the background and Photoshop running in the background and fucking Word and <laughs> oh, fucking Facebook Word. and Facebook Messenger trying to steal all my oh, listen man. to my conversations and shit and fucking Facebook Messenger uh, probably uh, mining bitcoins in the background. <laughs> Zuckerberg's amassing an empire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just siphoning off your creative energy that uh, you get back when you meditate. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I've felt stress and. Interest in doing lots of things and been very motivated to get shit done. Let's do it, and then also have recreation, recreation, and like social moments and yeah, hanging out with friends. There's a lot of just things that I want right now, and yes. uh, I'm in a very masculine state yes. of mind a lot of the time, and it's been helpful to me to have these planned check-ins where I'm just like, okay, here's a period of time during the day where I'm doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's extremely important, especially when you're primary work is creative because mm-hmm. you have to be in that feminine receptive kind of state in order to get those downloads, those inspirations. Yeah. You it's have like to be quiet. inhaling for me. Mm. And I'm spending so much of the day, like blowing my air out, on things, <laughs> trying to blow out candles here and there, blowing out fires, yeah. uh, huffing and puffing and blowing houses down. If they're little piggies I want inside, <laughs> for instance. Yeah. And- <laughs> 
<laughs> I do eat bacon every morning. And there's some stress in, in blowing those houses down that I like, okay, at yeah. whatever time, 3.30, I'm going to have 10 minutes where I can inhale again. And then I'll have more air to blow out more fires and yes. more houses down in the evening. And then I take another breath in before bed. And that one doesn't need to be as big because yeah. sleep is kind of like a big meditation. That's yeah. <laughs> not really, but it, it serves some of the same purpose of like, I'm not doing anything actively right. while I'm sleeping. Right. And I mean, it's a time of massive physiological restoration. Yeah. And that's critical to being able to get up the next day and sure. huff and puff all yes. day. <laughs> Your eyelids twitch and you get boners and all that stuff. <laughs> and stuff is critical. If you're not getting boners in your sleep, yeah, you do not have a penis, I guess. Or it just doesn't get all boned up. Oh, okay. Some people don't. Right, right, right. I'm not, I guess I'm not trying to imply that like one or the other, mm -hmm. but like, you know, you may not be getting boners in your sleep because you are not a, you're not a penis owner. Sure. That's so don't be holding the yourself majority to that of the standard. people who don't get boners in their <laughs> sleep can attribute it to right. not having Safely. a PP. Yeah. Or the type that gets boners, let's just say. Yeah. Um, Cause it's a continuum, right? Some clits, yes. some clits are like, you can pee out of them. And they have balls hanging under them, but it's still a clit and that's fine, you know, define it that way if you want. But there's a range. There's mm -hmm. hyena on one end <laughs> and then, I don't know, Miley Cyrus or whoever, somebody who's got a really hard, notoriously hard to find clit on the other end. <laughs> I'm just picked Miley out of thin air. I don't know. So the hyena is. example is yeah. you imagine big clit. Oh, you don't know about hyenas? No, I don't know about hyenas. Oh, Dion taught me this in sixth grade okay. in his animal report. Okay. Dion was a kid in my, if you don't mind, just like a 30 second story. This Please, is going to I be very amusing. This. Dion had a, um, let's just, uh, a, a lack of awareness <laughs> of some of the rules that other kids were following that were sure, unspoken. Sure. And um, so the teacher was hesitant to correct him or scold him for this. Uh, but he gave a, we all had to report on an animal and each person got a day. He was mm -hmm. giving his presentation on hyenas and he was talking about the differences between male and female hyenas. And in his PowerPoint, he was like, the female hyena has such a big clitoris that <laughs> people will mistake the females as males. Y'all know what the clit is, right? <laughs> and then just keeps going on. <laughs> and I looked around like... Oh my God, this is this is great! Like we hadn't had that health class talk uh -huh. yet, and I don't even Wait, know if what they brought grade up were you? Sixth grade. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, at my previous school, we had had uh, sex ed in fifth grade. But okay. Yeah. Like yeah. this year, this class got it. Had okay. not had uh, any kind of sex education. I don't. This even know was if your sex education. Education. Dion. The clitoris. Talking exactly. about the clitoris. <laughs> Just in hyenas, real quick, like that. Yeah. About yeah, yeah how people yeah. will think it's a penis. <laughs> Critical information. I, I loved my um. <laughs> my uh, advanced mental age at that point or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I loved that I could appreciate the humor in that awkward moment for the teacher. Totally. <laughs> totally. Right then. Were you watching for the teachers <laughs> yeah, just like micro expressions right of like, Dr. oh my Baldwin God, what is she doing? She, like, <laughs> she like, considered, okay, how do I uh -huh. just do nothing? Just hope that yeah. he goes to another topic soon. Because <laughs> everything yeah. that he was saying is technically accurate, accurate and yeah. correct. And there's nothing <laughs> bad about it. So like you don't need to step in. It's just funny for him to be like, to kind of break uh, form and look turn to the class and be like, y'all know what the clit is, right? And he wasn't doing that to be provocative or anything. Right, he just right. wasn't. Like, yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Just a genuine desire to inform the people. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to that story. No, I it came at a great time because we yeah. were talking about, you know, stress and I... I 
It was a great little gear switch. <laughs> I love it so much. Hyena clits. Hashtag hyena clits. Yeah, hashtag hyena clit. All right. Um, do you have any advice that you'd like to ask me for? Do you want to even do this section of the podcast today? <laughs> Why not? Okay. Let's do it quick because sure. probably, um, you know, I think that you can answer my question pretty succinctly. Okay, what is it? So, um, as you know, I am going to be performing at my first open mic night ever, mm-hmm. um, singing, and I have a lot of performance anxiety. And uh, the thing I get the most anxious about is forgetting the words and getting like tripped up in the words and then kind of spiraling from there into being anxious and then not being able to sing at full capacity because I'm like tight and anxious. So maybe um, some ideas for what I can do kind of like leading up to the performance to to both prepare adequately and keep my anxiety at bay. Shout out to our other episode. Yes. <laughs> um so that I can be present for the performance and do the best job I can. Got it. Um, you're doing your first open mic on Wednesday. Yeah. You want to um, reduce your anxiety or learn to deal with your anxiety yeah. so that you can perform to your best ability. Yeah. That would be a much more concise way of putting it. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I... Yes, I will start with the conceptual, how to think about it, and then what to do. Um, So I've dealt with this feeling a lot. Mm -hmm. I think I've had six years of stage fright where I wanted to perform in front of people and didn't because I was like, Mm. no, that's just, I'm too shy. I'm too scared. I'm just too, I'm not worthy. With some version of that in my Mm head. 100%. Um, And I applaud you for committing to this and doing this. Thank you. There may be some voice in your head that like is judging you for feeling anxiety and being like, Mm. this isn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. There's a voice outside of my head judging me. There's people saying that too. There's people saying that to me. (laughs) Um, uh, I think the first thing is to know your anxiety, validate that this is a big deal for you. Yeah. And it might not always be a big deal. You may in a year look back at this and laugh and be like, Oh, that wasn't a big deal, but I thought it was. It, yeah. it, in the moment, I it hope is. So. <laughs> so this is a real feeling, and it's yeah. uh, worth acknowledging and dealing with, and you can deal with it, and you yeah. will. Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, even just hearing that like helps me feel a little better in this moment because just good. talking about this, like I'm, you know, I'm on high alert phys- physically right now. You know, my stomach's tight and my yeah. jaw is like clenched. So I. Uh, Side topic for another time is how often people invalidate each other's negative feelings by telling them, oh, no, mm-hmm. you shouldn't feel that way. Don't feel right. guilty. Don't oh my feel God. bad. Don't, Don't cry. Don't feel anxious. Don't. Uh, yeah. Um, and Brutal. that's not helping. They think they're helping, but they're not. Right. Um, right, right. For another time, we'll yeah. discuss that. Uh, so this anxiety is real right now. And um, it's something that you care a lot about. Yeah. And so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, you, one thing that may help you reduce that anxiety if it's the anxiety based on what other people will think of you when they see you, mm-hmm. if there's some element of it that's that, mm-hmm. it's helped me to think about other performances that I've seen that are akin to this and recognize how little I actually remember of other people's performances. <laughs> that's like, such a good point. If there was somebody <laughs> who did a mediocre job or a bad job or even a really good job, I don't really remember most of the people I've ever seen at an open mic, even like from a week ago or something. I couldn't (laughs) tell you all the performers. People forget about it pretty quickly. It's like whatever discomfort comes in the moment, 
will be quickly and forgotten. Most by people, all people are not there. <laughs> most people are not there. Of the people, even the small, small portion of people who are there, they're going to forget. Some people shit are not even quick. there. Of the people that are there, yeah, and some of the people who are there are on their phones and not. Or yeah. most of the people there are going to be thinking about their own performance, yes. how it went, or how it's yes. about to go. Yes, and that's. Uh, common of all open mics. So if your audience is other performers, they're not giving you their full attention. And there's some relief to be found in that. And there's some frustration to be found in that because if you do a really killer job and you don't get a reaction that you want, Mm. it's also because people are worried about what they're going to do. Yes. yes. That's important to remember. (laughs) Yeah. That's really important. This open mic that you were specifically going to, I believe is a mix of comedy and music. So you're going to have people there who... I think it is good. Um, So the comedians might not be as threatened by you. They're not like competing with you in the same way. Right. And so you will have some people that hopefully can pay a little bit more attention. But if they're a comedian, they're also worried about like, do I memorize my set properly? You know, it's not a song where it's an exact set of lyrics usually. So they might have. But anyway, um, thinking about that from other people's perspectives can help me realize like, oh, the stakes are actually not as high as I perceive them to be. There's not like. I don't know what would make the stakes worse, but it could help to uh, entertain <laughs> yeah. the inverse of like, okay, your idol is going to be there. And so is a booking agent. And so is all these other things. And imagine that scenario and then talk yourself down for like, oh, well, that's not true. My yeah. idol's not there. Whoever, right. Shakira is not right. going to be watching me. Um, <laughs> Shakira, if you're listening right now, <laughs> please don't come to my open mic. <laughs> yes. And if you do give me your feedback, please don't use your hips. Just lie to me. <laughs> Um, okay. That was brilliant. I love that. That was dumb. (laughs) No, I loved it. It was perfect. Thanks. Um, that's how I would think about it if you want to approach it conceptually to reduce the anxiety. But first, most important thing is recognize the anxiety is real. Allow yourself to have that. Don't beat yourself up for having it. There's nothing productive about that. Um, it shows you care about something. Yeah. And, also, it will feel better proportional to the amount of anxiety that you have. Not that you will always need anxiety, but when you have a lot of it, it's like having to take a really big shit. And then once you take that shit, it's going to feel really good because you spent so long like being constipated or whatever. <laughs> so right now you're in the constipated phase, but know that it's going to feel good on the other end of this. When you do, you're, you're going to feel much lighter and like you took a huge shit. And your butt's going to feel amazing after you get off stage. Even if you fuck the whole thing up and do every word off key and do half of it in Spanish or whatever. And <laughs> I am always Spanish, making that mistake. <laughs> Shakira is going to be like, ay, 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 or whatever. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now as for what to actually do. Um, <laughs> Here's the real advice. Rehearse. Um, yeah. Invest that anxious energy into practicing it. Yeah. And practicing it different ways and different, you know, subtle changes. Practice it in the shower when you're wet and distracted by cold water or hot water. Yeah. Practice it really fast. Practice it slow. Practice it, you know, just alter things um, so that there will be novel environmental information coming at you, novel mm-hmm. stimulation from mm-hmm. that room that night. And if you've only practiced it, like in the driver's seat of your car while parked <laughs> with your eyes closed, yeah. having your eyes open in a room with other people yeah. is going to start to feel yeah. like, you know, yeah. the, oh shit, there's things I didn't account for. So like get used to That's accounting for different things that, thank you. I'm yeah. just coming up with this now. I've never actually practiced this. Well, I've done that, but I've never put this into words. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah. So that's kind of like an exposure therapy is that rehearsal in different yeah. settings. And then, uh, my actual pre-performance routine is to work out, emphasis on cardio, 
I find that that calms my stomach a lot. And I yeah. have those jitters of like, I feel like moving around a lot. Well, if I get out a lot of that energy on a run, yeah. nothing that is too exhausting. Right. You don't want to like really push past your limit um, in, in like a training way, in the way that you would on yes. maybe like a hard workout day. Yes. But I do like it to be like 80% of that. Okay. Uh, for me, that's what works, I found. Um, I still have energy for the performance, I find. It's, it's pretty hard for me to, as long as I give myself an hour or two to cool down in between. Yeah. It's hard for me to like really exhaust myself and not have energy for the performance. Well, luckily, my performance is not an hour long one man rap musical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Two songs. Yeah. Still, I think that that would help your state of mind yes. going in. I find yes. I'm much calmer once I've uh, done some cardio. And then um, for me, I like to then go into the sauna. I really enjoy sweating it out and then drinking a lot of water. Keep replenishing those fluids. You don't want to have dry mouth. Um, and then taking a a cold shower with a small cool down in between them so that it's not like shocking my body. But a, a cold shower could happen later too. I find the cold <laughs> shower right before a performance helps so much by just like feeling that discomfort on my skin and feeling my body like warm itself from within. Um, and everything feels like tight and clean then, like my skin tightens up and it reduces some of the sweating that I get when I start to get nervous or my hands get cold and it helps with my whole circulation um, and thermoregulation that starts to go out of whack when I'm anxious about a performance. Um, I like to eat a light meal, something that is safe for me, not something really heavy, about three hours, four hours before. I don't like to have a full stomach when I go up. Um, and I like to drink a ginger aid kombucha before uh like an hour before i don't want to have a bunch of burps so you don't want to like drink it fast and then be all burpy and end up burp singing your way through the national anthem or whatever but um that's what you're doing right absolutely uh, twice yeah. two times in a row <laughs> in front of the super bowl crowd um, with shakira yes <laughs> translating into spanish for you and also a deaf interpreter obviously <laughs> of course um yeah, ginger helps calm the stomach. I experience social anxiety as a feeling akin to nausea. And yeah. to get rid of some of that nausea, it's helpful for me to uh, put something in my stomach that is calming. And ginger aid does that for me. Um, wow. This yeah. is a really comprehensive regimen. Thank I'm you. I'm glad that and, you unloaded uh, it on us. I haven't done this before on open mic, but I like to meditate shortly before and just accept whatever feelings are there, get a moment of stillness. And then like stretch. I like to physically like bend over and stretch my hamstrings, stretch the rest of my body out. All those endorphins, I think, help me feel good and relax yeah. and relieve any tension that like, uh, it, it's fine if you have plenty of tension. This perform this is a performance is allowed to suck. That's the last Right. All it has to do is happen yes. as far as I'm concerned. That's a success. <laughs> set the bar sufficiently low. Yes. That's my last piece of advice for this is yes. um, be pleased with stepping on stage and looking at the audience from the stage. If you do that for me, that's a success. Yeah, that I will not be disappointed oof. in you if you do that. Thank you. Um, it's so interesting because as we're talking about these techniques for reducing anxiety and and sitting with it and and channeling it, I am feeling it. Like mm -hmm. because everything you're asking me to do is prompting me to imagine myself doing it in two days when the day this podcast comes out. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's kind of it's forcing my brain to imagine myself or visualize myself in that territory that yes. I hadn't done before. So it's kind of like pre-charting it out and getting some of the like nerves out preemptively. Cause it's like, Oh yeah. How am I going to deal with that? Oh yeah. How am I going to deal with that? Mm -hmm. And I think 
maybe part of me has been sort of only thinking about certain aspects of it, I guess, as I can handle it, the anxiety that each of those different facets of what it takes to like get yourself on stage and perform um, and meeting each one with that same like, okay, there's going to be anxiety here. Okay, there's going to be anxiety here. And Okay, what's that going to be like? What's that going to look like? You're oh, so far ahead yeah. of me when I started. Just, <laughs> just in acknowledging that you're going to feel anxiety and accepting that. Cool. That's cool. been huge for me. So you to, mean I'm getting an eight plus already? <laughs> like expect resistance mm-hmm. and expect it in unexpected moments. And mm, yeah. even if you've rehearsed a hundred times right before you go up, expect there to still be like a feeling of, oh, maybe I could not do this. Maybe uh, they just won't get to me in time. Or maybe, you know, those like types of That's going to be an anxiety-inducing part waiting to go on. Mm -hmm. I would always go first in presentations at school because I just couldn't sit there waiting. I think with this show, the earlier you sign up, you can like get first choice of order. So you can go first. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get there as close to six as I can to sign up. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, that's great. I'm excited for you. I really wish that I could be there and I know that I'll be at other ones in the future. Yeah. Uh, This is great. Maybe it would add pressure for me to be there and perhaps it's, I don't know, you can tell me whether you want me there or not. Yeah. I don't know what to, I mean, I've, I've now invited a couple of people and they've said that they're going. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, okay, like, you know, it's going to be supportive people, but anybody is a body that I know I have Mm -hmm. to perform in front of and um, I mean, I'm at the stage where I'm per, like practicing it home at home by myself yeah. and even just like pushing record on my phone to signal to myself like, okay, we're taking this seriously. This is a take like that is where I'm mm-hmm. working through the anxiety right now. And so I know it's going to be like, you know, multiple, a multiplied version of that, but Essentially, once I start singing, it's the same thing because mm-hmm. it's just getting into that flow state. And like, I know I can sing. Thankfully, I'm not doubting that mm-hmm. element because I've spent 29 years doubting that. And I finally decided to stop doubting that. But it's the my limiting belief now is around like the performance of it. Like, can I be someone who performs regularly? Yes. And this can doesn't I be a singer. I can sing. But can, can I do all those yeah, other things? Yeah. Um, and can I handle it with grace? And yeah. and is are people going to like the persona that I am on yes. stage? And who is that? And you know, the, I'm getting the familiarity is some with of them this. Will. Yeah, cool, cool. All I need is some of them. Yep. No, but I mean, you know, I've been putting some stuff out there, like on my Instagram. I started a new Instagram, and I have videos of me singing, and I've been getting really positive feedback. And it's actually been really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I know that you've shared this as well. Of like. It's difficult to put stuff out there. It's difficult to get no feedback. It's difficult to get positive feedback. Yes. Receiving positive feedback, that's a muscle I have to exercise too. It's I, really uh, hard. Yes. I actually just made a request of my mom about this. Okay. Um, she listened to a single that I put out yeah. on uh, Bandcamp. I didn't send it to yeah. her, but she found it through one of her channels. <laughs> This is fine. I was okay with her listening yeah, to it. Yeah. We were catching up on the so phone. So resourceful. And um, she was talking about other things and then transitioned seamlessly from one topic and you know, some family story um, to I heard your song and started giving me feedback on it. And yeah. I said, hey, I, I think I have a request. Um, I mm. would like for you to ask me if I'd like to hear your thoughts before you share thoughts about art that I make. That's great. Yeah. She accepted it. Good for you. Eventually, um, she was like, "Okay, I see it. Uh, Fuck yeah!" That. 
Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm still trying to get my parents to say that they want to hear my music. Oh. So we're, <laughs> I, we're working is, towards saying different things. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would be totally okay with them not. I think for me, yeah. m- music making is a bit a way to um, escape some of the feelings that I had in childhood yeah. and um, individuate myself, like make forge my own identity independent of yeah. my families. Yeah. Um, so... There are, you know, people always bring up that artistic uh, change. What would happen if your parents were dead? How would it affect your art? Um, and I do not want my parents to be dead. But uh, that thought, that question has been posed yeah. to me before, and I've thought like I've imagined that feeling. And um, yeah, I, I've discovered that it is helpful for me to not consider the voice of what my parents might say about yeah. this when I'm doing something creative, yeah. because even though they've been very supportive people, there are things that they've said about other people, mm-hmm. uh, judgments they've made of others, their favorite artists, artists they dislike, that yeah. I'm hearing also all of that and not their special um, children's child gloves loving lens that they would look at mm-hmm. just me through mm-hmm. when I imagine their perspective and that I don't like how much I still consider their opinion of me or things that I do or how much I value their validation. And so it's helpful to just be able to like put that little mouse voice in my head in a jar and seal the lid tight and put that away and then be creative. Um, And that's not just my parents, that's other people from my past and anyone that I've cared a lot about, about what they think about me. Yeah. Well, Um, any voice really that inhibits the mm-hmm. creative process Anybody's again that, like, oh, that feminine be if, space you gotta it might protect not be it. good if yes yeah. exactly yeah um but. i mean the, the reason that i bring that up about my parents i mean i this is a huge sore spot for me obviously and it's mm-hmm. why it's taken me 29 years to actually try to have a music career um because i kind of feel like i'm doing everything i'm doing now in spite of what my parents had previously kind of instilled in me unconsciously or consciously mm-hmm. and Honestly, I've kind of, I've made myself this little cocoon of safety in, I don't care what they think. Like, it doesn't matter. They, I don't need them Yes. to ha- to approve of what I'm doing creatively because I've really like written them out of what love feels like to me and mm. what is important to me. What, what is success? What is validation? Mm. Because I know that I can't expect to get it in the way that I want it from them. Um, but I did tell them that I decided to go for it um, and, you know, got great, good for you, you know, do it, great time to do it, you know, whatever, whatever. And that was good. Mm-hmm. But the problem is um, they want to, they, they don't show genuine curiosity in, in hearing it and sort of being cheerleaders for me. Yeah, It's like, oh, here's a connection that might help you. And here's, you know, trying to help me with these like tangible things that it's like, come on guys. Like, I just want you to be my parents. Like I want you to be supportive of me. Like I have other people in my life that can connect me to, um, people in this industry and opening myself up to receiving that. And I had a tough time, like trying to explain to my dad last week, like, dude, like I really appreciate that you want to help me, but like the kind of help I need from you is more of like, love me, cheer me on, ask to hear my music. And it feels patronizing when you try to connect me to people because it, there's 
and I, I recognize this as my particular sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it especially is evoked by my dad where I don't want to receive professional help mm-hmm. from him. Sure. And I think it is. What does really, that feel like when you do or consider doing it? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it feels like there's an implication that I couldn't do it on my own. Yeah. And it's really important to me, whether he understands it or not, that I do forge my own path and that yes. I do do things on my own. Um, per- perhaps uh, what drew, uh, interest attracted you to this art form is the feeling of independence and self-worth that you derive internally when you're doing it. And it's not yeah. something that's not like a business that was handed to you by your father. I mean, and I guess and deciding to go to graduate school for art therapy was the first time I, I did that. I didn't just sort of take a, a job or a connection mm-hmm. that he had provided for me. It was again, sort of in spite of what my parents would have wanted for me. Um, ho- however, given that they are, you know, I'm trying to have a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm trying to advocate for my needs to be met and, you know, he's like, well, can it be both? And I'm like, well, yes, theoretically you can give me the love and affection and, and validation and curiosity with the tangible help but you can't give me the tangible help in place of the love and validation and like that's more of the primary thing i want to receive from you because you're the only person that's my dad you're the only person that's my mom yeah other people can help me with professional connections this resonates so hard for me sure i want to speak about it broadly for a second to parents um i find this pattern happening in my story and other people's stories of an adult or a somewhat grown up child making a request and then a parent um, saying, okay, but I want to do, I want to love you the way that I want to love you anyway. Um, And not trusting the child is what it feels like from me as the child's perspective that I will ask them for what I need. Mm. And why do you, why are you fixated on loving me the way that you want to? And sometimes it's a, it, it is a positive thing from an outsider's perspective, but I'm like, actually you giving me money right now is a bad thing for me. Um, and that takes a lot of maturity and vulnerability for me to say at some points. Cause like, I should just be appreciative is the other voice in my head of like, Oh, yes. just take it and just, but there are moments <sighs> where it's like me making my own money, um, at that time in, the, in my life was, uh, something that I based some of my self-worth on and some of my um, independence and it allowed me to relate to them better and allowed me to socially interact with others better because I had that pride of, even though it's an illusion, even though I know I would not exist without their contribution of a semen and an egg, a sperm and an egg, um, (laughs) a semen. Um, One individual semen's journey. More importantly, all the time and love and care and, and money that they invested in me as I was growing up. Um, I'm not trying to negate that or overlook it in yeah. uh, identifying the way that I do. But it's mm-hmm. important for me to feel, even if all choice is an illusion, to feel like I've made choices that have made me the person that I am today. And so sometimes the type of help that they are trying to give me is actually hurting that more important process. More important yes. than the help is how I feel about myself and how yes. empowered I am, um, because that will allow me to help myself in the future. Yes. and. Um, I'd like to share uh, the rest of the story with my mom about me asking for that. Yeah. Um, can you just ask f- for consent, essentially? I'm asking you yeah. to ask me, would you like to hear my thoughts before you start sharing your thoughts about art? Because sometimes the answer will be no, I'm not in the state of mind to hear that. Yeah. Other times it'll be yes, I'd love to hear what you think about it. Yeah. Um, she responded with, well, how about I don't 
listen to anything that you do. And how about I just um, give you space? And I said, no, I don't require that and would not enjoy you doing that because I know you are interested and I'm okay with you listening to things. Does she require abstaining in order to abstain from giving you feedback? Mm, I hadn't considered that. Like maybe they're a package deal for her. If she sees something, she, um, she needs to feel like she can talk to me about it whenever she wants. I hadn't considered. Um, I mean, I think that like what's hard when we try to have these conversations mm -hmm. is that both parties in some ways need to compromise to meet in the middle for what like works best. I mean, and there's some dependence in terms of like, it's your art in this scenario. So it's probably more your way. Um, but it is really hard when it comes to love and, and like, you know, for me asking for my dad to love me in a certain way and he's going, well, how about both? And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess that's the compromise, but like you can't say both and just give me the one, the way that you want to. (sighs) My, uh, my belief on this and the principle that I'm operating under is remove violence from the people you can compromise, but make sure that it's a request then like instead of just telling me what you think of my song, um, ask me if I want that at the moment, like make it. And she's allowed to ask if I'm allowed Mm -hmm. to pass is is the general rule for anything like this. And I may at some, with some things be like, I'd like you to stop asking me these things. I want an across the board. No. And for you to Mm -hmm. expect a no. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Until further notice. Yes. Um, But (laughs) I think that that's the case with your father too. Of If there's something that um, he's like, why not both be like, okay, you can continue to ask for both, but please don't just do the other thing. I'm starting to expand my idea of violence to be any time that a person forces something on another person. It doesn't have to be physical pain, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, basically does not ask if it's okay. It's not an invitation. It's a, a demand or a command. It's something that like, all right, you're getting this now, whether you want it or not. Um, yeah. And that can be words. And I get that it's problematic to like equate punching somebody in the face with giving them feedback on their song. <laughs> But sometimes I'd rather be slapped in the face than hear somebody tell me they dislike my song in that moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like if you're th- considering the effect Punch on, in the face on the doesn't listener, stick with you as much. The other one is in your brain it, for sometimes an undetermined that shit amount of time. Echoes for years. Yes. If it Someone told me that I had moment. short legs in like my <laughs> second sexual encounter. My se- not my second sexual Sorry. encounter, my second sexual partner. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay, that I'll uh, carry that around in my backpack yeah, for the rest of my life. Fuck, fuck you. <laughs> Um, you mean your long ass ostrich big bird legs? You think those are short? <laughs> Thanks, babe. You're welcome. Um, I thought you were on stilts the first time I met you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. That's sweet. That's You're... sweet. Um, Sorry, it's hard to hear you down here. <laughs> <laughs> our heads are at the same height right now because our legs are actually out of the equation given that we're sitting at a table, but this yeah. is just giving me everything I need. Oh, good. Um, yeah I like to love people so i mean should we just go to the main question yeah we can skip lightning round skip lightning round today we gave a lot of good advice i think so to ourselves (laughs) um you want to just keep it topical and uh sure okay this one comes this will be called the mom episode or whatever (laughs) maybe the mom episode we'll work it out don't worry guys we'll get a clever we will come up with a title ass wordplay title for you guys as you've come to expect you down we know that's your favorite part of the podcast a lot of you just download it to look at the title and not even listen yeah we got you okay um 
Schwing Schwang 45. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Says, how do I tell my mom that she's visiting too often? Hmm. I am married with a three-year-old and a nine-month-old. My mom retired recently, and she mm. is starting to visit almost monthly. Mm. She helps out a lot while she's here, and she always says she doesn't need to be entertained, but I don't want to do chores and work on my household projects out of guilt. Mm-hmm. I also can't leave my wife alone with her for long, as my wife is also quite sensitive to her comments about our life and choices. <sighs> So I'm playing the coach slash mediator, trying to keep my wife from snapping, trying to spend time with my mom, all the while stressing that we are losing yet another weekend of productivity. Pretty much every time she visits, it turns into a daily fight between me and my wife until days after she leaves. Aww. This is getting exhausting. Yeah. I'm so tired of fighting with my wife. But mm-hmm. when I try to ask my mom politely to push her visits, she puts on this big guilt trip about how I should be more direct with her. But if I was more direct with her and told her that her presence disrupts our life and adds stress every time she visits, she'll always feel guilty about visiting. How the hell do I tell her that she needs to slow down and visit way less often, like every three to six months? Okay. All right. So the very first response I have is like, holy hell, I feel your pain, Mm. your suffering, your exhaustion, and your frustration. Mm, It's a tough spot. You're in a really, really tough spot. Like sandwiched between your wife and your mom and all those expectations. And then it's like, what do you even think? And yeah, yeah. It's just negative feelings. It's like the positive feelings are making it tough too. uh, Yeah. 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 So that's really tough. Mm -hmm. But on the plus side, it sounds like you have a clear idea of what would work better for you and why. Yeah. So that's a great starting point, having that clarity of like, what do you actually want out of the situation? And now it's a matter of, okay, what's the best way to communicate it to this person that I care about in a way that is sensitive, but also firm? Yep. Yeah. Um, If you need five cents, don't ask for three, ask for Mm. 10. I have... What? I was going to say, what about asking for five? I mean, in this case, what about asking for five and not sure. compromising down? Yeah, uh, I guess that's better uh, given what we had just talked about. If this about, is a about. salary discussion, I'd mm. be like, totally. <laughs> 10 <Yeah>. cents. <laughs> but I'm saying if you say three to six months, ask her mm. for six months then. Because if you uh, ask for yeah, three, she's yeah. going to try and make it every two. Right, and right. You're, you're already be pushing, pushing three probably to help save her feelings. Like ask for what you, uh, be honest with yourself first. Yeah. And you may not yeah. yet be doing that is my yeah. concern. Um, There are two uh, tactics that I'd like you to employ in solving this problem. Um, We agree that it's a problem and what Morgan just said, validating it, I think is is spot on. Um, One is you're going to try to decrease the frequency of her visits. Two is you're going to try to um, make her visits more pleasant, Mm -hmm. less painful for everybody Mm -hmm. involved. That second option, the second tactic, I think also has two parts, which is, one um, internal of your reactions to the things that she does and focusing on changing those and being more mindful of um, you feel guilty about doing the things that you want to do when she's around. It's giving yourself permission to do the household chores and jobs and things um, is one part of it. And then the second part is in her of requesting what you need in order to do that, feel more comfortable, like resuming your regular life. Mm -hmm. And that could be like saying, can you not um, 
can you give me some peace and quiet time when I'm doing a construction project or something, whatever it is, figuring out the things that are your triggers, ideally Mm -hmm. writing about them or talking about them with a trusted friend first, who is not your mother, and then determining requests, asking for help in a nonviolent way, not accusing her of being too needy, but saying, I would be aided or it would help me if Mm -hmm. you could do this thing for me. Yeah. That would be a nonviolent way of uh, communicating that to her. Um, yeah. That's my general uh, strategy for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I mean, some of the specifics I would add are first thinking about within yourself, what do you want ideally your relationship and your visits, the time you spend with your mom to look like? Mm-hmm. So that's that's frequency. That's how do you want it to feel? What activities do you want her to participate in? What don't you want her to participate in? Um, what kinds of comments does she make that make you feel bad about this or that? And again, like, you know, what create an ideal vision of what it, you want it to look like. And that may start by listing all the things that you dislike. And exactly. Then and reversing them. Yeah. Um, then take that conversation to your wife mm-hmm. and get her ideal. Come up with together, the two of you, what is your ideal from that? Because I think that what's really, really important about having this conversation with your mom is having a united front between you and your wife since that causes so much conflict. And I think that whether we like it or not, or whether it's conscious or unconscious, there is a little bit of sort of competition or just some kind of dynamic between um, husband and wife and husband, son and mom. It's yeah. It's um, it's not, that is your previous significant other. Mm-hmm. So it's not that different from like an ex coming into your life. This used to be the person yeah. who took care of you. And now there's a new person who in some yes. forms takes care of yes. you. There's a natural and there's an expectation for them to be really nice to each other and get along. But there is, of course, some competition of who makes food for you better, who you mm-hmm. know, who makes the boy happiest. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Uh, so I want to warn that when you invite your wife into this conversation and here and you try to hold space for her criticisms. Um, it may be challenging for you at moments to hear criticisms that you share mm. from her. Mm-hmm. Um, because good point. there's just, uh, there may be some latent protectiveness or wanting to justify and, um, mm-hmm. defend your mother. Uh, and some people s- subscribe to a philosophy of like, I'm allowed to criticize my family, but you're not allowed to uh-huh. criticize my family. If your wife is now part of your family, this is part yes. of her family yes. too. And so she please. And you're inviting her into your home together yeah. that you share. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that he said that his eldest child is three years. Yeah. Three year old and a nine month old. Three year old. So I would also invite that three year old, not into like the argument or the real like core conversation, but <laughs> ask that three-year-old, what do you want from grandma yeah. and foster Ooh, that wow. relationship. And that's another Dude. thing oh, that can kind man. of take her away from you guys and give you some space. If she's fulfilling, okay, what are the, the elements of the grandmother grandchild relationship that she's working on? That really hits me. I don't know if I was ever asked that question, but I could imagine as a three-year-old, yeah. if you continue that line of questioning um, through their life, 
teaching them that they're allowed to draw their own boundaries and have their own requests and have their yeah. own relationships with other family members. Yeah. I, yeah, I think this is a great time to start by saying like, yeah. what do you like? What do you dislike? Yeah. They don't what do you want to do with grandma? Yeah, yeah. What do you, you want to do with grandma? It's a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> do you like when you bake together? Do you like when you color together? Do you like yeah. reading stories? You really like do doing things where you get out of the house, right? Like going to yeah. the park and leaving us alone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely subtly and brainwash your three-year-old yes. into, uh, uh, outside of the house babysitting activities. your mother-in-law for you or your mother yeah right right <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding about that but um there, you may find some relief in that but i think there are win-wins mm-hmm. that can be achieved in this yes. um even when it seems like lose 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 from all prongs right um but yeah i think that it seems like right now the way the balance is you're sacrificing too much mm-hmm. you're not able to have enough space once a month visitor let alone Dude. that particular visitor. Yeah, yes. With Holy so many. shit. It's, I just want to acknowledge how a mother child relationship has so much complexity and there's so much, yes. so many things to consider that like, you don't need to get all of this work done at once. Right. Don't expect this to be something right. that like you have right. one conversation with her and now all of a sudden your visit schedule uh-huh. and routine yeah. is it's a perfect. Step. Yeah, a step towards the relationship a great you want. Step in writing this question online and, <laughs> yes. and listening to our answer to this, and considering and throwing out the shit you don't like, and taking the shit that you do like from yes. these responses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, this and is maybe great, man. yeah, <laughs> this, it really is. It really yeah. is. Um, and I would also encourage you to have this preliminary conversation with your mother. Maybe not in person. Maybe just a little. I don't know, a little step removed. So you each have kind of like some processing room to deal with your feelings about it. Um, you know, it could even be started in an email, email. depending on Email's what is your, yeah. I mean, I don't know what their communication sure. repertoire is. It could be mom, weird to come out of nowhere. Maybe your but, mom doesn't use email. Yeah. Maybe it's a letter, but something with a time delay because yeah, often a person feels bound to the first reaction that they give you in a conversation so writing some form of letter that yeah. has a preface that says, please read this when you're in a state where you feel balanced and whole and consider it for a while before responding to me. Yes. That can really accelerate the um, healing or growth yeah. process yeah. because if the person is reacting defensively and aggressively in your in their response to you, then they might feel stubborn and tied to that reaction longer than they would when actually a couple of days later, they're like, Ooh, that was stupid, but now I can't really back down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I did this with my parents where, you know, email is not our first mode of communication, mm-hmm. but I set a boundary that was important for me to them through an email. Um, and just the exercise of sitting down to write this took me several drafts. I mean, and, and really several months to actually commit to sending it. Um, and by the time I sent it, the content had changed a lot. I had grown a lot. I knew more of what I wanted. I had a more specific ask, which again, I think specificity and firmness are really important because yes. the more wiggle room you give them, the more they're going to try to revert to the old patterns of relating. Mm-hmm. And this is a conversation where you're saying, this is my need. This is my boundary. Like and giving her the time and space to react to it, and then enthusiastically accept that offer of, we w- it's it's not we don't want you to visit once a month. It's we want you to visit three times a year, you know something like mm-hmm. that. Get them excited about what you are offering, mm-hmm. rather than you're setting a limit. Because yeah. that also kind of, I mean, whether we realize it or not, it kind of. Uh, 
has the potential to ease the blow of it because you're that ego can still grab onto, oh, my son wants me to visit yeah. versus like, oh, this is so terrible and this I'm going to lose all this and da, 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 da. Set it up. The, the way that you kind of package it and the yes. energy that you put the offer out there with is really important to the reception of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's one last bonus advice that I want to <laughs> give. This is not your responsibility to do, but if, it's, if you have this type of relationship with your mom, um, it's something that you might consider of what would this, what would be the pain in this for her of not seeing you once yeah. a month? I'm guessing she would miss the social interaction, the um, feeling of love, giving love and being loved, being known, yeah. watching and knowing your kids another person, grow up, watching your kids grow up. Um, but I think that uh, a lot of older women who have spent their lives raising children experience uh, something missing when they are no longer able to see their kids as much or no longer yeah. as intimately involved in their lives. Um, it may be important for her to find other communities and mm-hmm. other, you know, mentoring somebody or um, having friendships where she can have, get yeah. some of those needs met by people who are not you yeah. because you have other responsibilities right now. You have a family yeah. of your own to consider that sometimes it's disruptive for her to be there for. So you can um, listen to her about the pain that is caused in not seeing you every month or whatever she's used to or whatever her mm-hmm. ideal is. Mm-hmm. And... Um, gently and slowly start to suggest alternatives or ask her questions even better about what else do you think you could do to get that Mm -hmm. need met. And if it's like introducing her to somebody or accompanying her to some event or something, you could, if it feels right to you, offer to do those things um, to help her or sending her pictures of the grandkids, things like that would Uh, probably help her with this transition. If you want to, you can offer those things. Yes. I was going to suggest, right, as you were saying that, I was like, oh, they could also FaceTime for like 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe at a whatever, I don't know, whatever frequency feels right to you where it's not, she's not in your home. That's okay, too. I just want to like say you're not obligated to do these things. But if you have that love in your heart, you can, if you reject somebody's request, I'm bringing this from sexual consent conversation. But <laughs> if somebody wants to have sex with you and you don't feel like that, it, you don't have to just say no to everything. You'd be like, that doesn't feel good to me, but maybe a foot rub would be nice. Yeah. You can offer your mom a foot rub. <laughs> have have sex with your mom. <laughs> so, yeah. So, oh, like you want to see, because the nine month old really is changing every month. And so sending pictures mm. or saying, okay, well, we'll FaceTime uh, so that you can see the child uh, with with a certain level of frequency where she's not in your home. She's not affecting what you do outside of the bounds of that phone call, mm-hmm. but there's a sense of connectivity and presence. Yes. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. I know. But, you know, mm. look, I can talk all day long about setting boundaries with parents, and I know how freaking hard it is to actually do, especially once they're in the room with you and you, I mean me, I'll talk about me. I regress back to a version of myself that no longer represents me is not, does not have nearly the balls that I have sitting behind this mic going, yeah, you should tell your mom to visit less. I'm over here going like, I want to visit my parents less. And I kind of didn't meet that goal because I'm seeing them in October and I'm seeing them for Christmas. Um, And so Look, we get it. 
Like yeah. this is really hard. You are disrupting decades of patterning that's predetermined. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, you know, you have this reason now, the family, the relationship with your wife that is a daily thing that you have to manage, not just once a month with the mom, where that's a reason to stand up for your needs. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really important reason. Um, and so remember that. Remember the why of why you're doing this when you are struggling with the emotions of, oh my God, how do I actually yes. <laughs> make this request? <laughs> and if I can zoom out on that of uh, you're dealing with decades of patterns, yeah, patterning, I think you said. Yeah. Um, de-patterning is a noble pursuit for yeah. the species. Yeah. Evolution happens because of mutations. And even if you're wrong Ooh, and this is a yeah. bad thing, trying something new and collecting that data and sharing it with other people is good for the growth of humanity. So do thank it for you us. For <laughs> do it for new. us. Squash, squash. Yes, What's his because, name? Uh, I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Um, <laughs> if you're only right one out of a hundred times, that one time that you're right and you tried something new and you broke a pattern that was not serving us, that one time will spread. That idea, because of the process of natural selection, will be adopted by other people if you talk about yes. it. And that's what's happening with Morgan and me right now. Yes. We tried something that somebody else tried with their parents and mm-hmm. we're having in, uh, better relationships with our parents as a result of it. And you're going to have a better relationship with your mom as a result of it. Yeah. And whatever wisdoms you do find, whatever lessons you get out of this, you can share with other people and you will help them love each yes. other more. And thank you for being a part yes. of this cause. Yeah. And you're helping her too by modeling how to do this. Mm-hmm. It may feel like you're taking something away from her for your benefit, but really this is all a win-win as well. Yes. Because you're encouraging her not to rely on you for mm-hmm. all of those needs that we talked about. Yes. Yeah. You're helping her find a truer form of love and fulfillment in herself as well. Even if she doesn't see it or and acknowledge it. It may hurt to yeah. go through the transition of the growing part of it. There yeah. may be arguments and tears and other things that are unpleasant, Yeah, but... Um, if she's still got enough life left in her to enjoy the the fruits of this labor, yeah. she will. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. <sighs> All right, guys. Killer wow. episode. We're clocking in under an hour. Fuck. Yeah. I uh, want to tuck you in real tight. <laughs> I want to thank Smooch Morgan the for those great big swinging balls that she brings to our recording oh God, session. Thank you so much. I'm looking at them right now. They're hanging about eight feet above <laughs> me and uh, a little bit of ball sweat is, sweat is dripping on my forehead because it's pretty hot in this room. <laughs> and thank you for your big hyena clit. Yeah, of course. Bringing it every week <laughs> without fail. <laughs> yeah. It's critical. Mm. It's critical. Hey, there you go. Picture of Whoopi Goldberg from <laughs> Didn't she play one of the hyenas? I don't know. I think she did. <laughs> well, let that image just rock you to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Sweet dreams. Bye. Uh, Morgan, uh, this is your loving dad. Uh, I appreciate your emails, and the, I, I take it too much for granted that you understand how deeply I love you 
and I love the whole uh, interconnectedness uh, where we're both operating on the the, the uh, vibrational spiritual level, uh, which is pretty unique and extraordinary and important. So uh, I don't often express that as much as I should, uh, but feel it every day, all day. I love you dearly, and uh, uh, I do nothing but wish you well in whatever you set out to do. And uh, I have it in my mind that um, it's wonderful that your singing career uh, might really happen and that uh, uh, you have a whole niche. That whole conversation we had the other day when I was down in Florida about, uh, you know, it's, it's all beautiful. So, anyway, I love you lots. Adios.